I'm Sam and I'm here with Kat. Hello. And welcome to Our Threatened Species. This is a podcast where we talk about the vulnerable wildlife in Britain with help from our expert guests. Wildlife is decreasing across the world and whilst we all want to protect the big charismatic species like lions and giraffes, it's easy to forget the animals and plants we have right on our doorstep. So this podcast aims to shine a light on the fantastic species that live right here in the UK because as a wise man once told me that to save the world you must first understand what's on it. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Our Threatened Species to get in touch and to ask your questions. Welcome back to our podcast. It's episode five and it's been quite a long time since we've done one of these. So we thought we'd just cut to the chase and get straight into it. We're very sorry about that. But without further ado, this episode is about beavers and we had the chance to speak to the fantastic Alicia Liao Dyke about them. She's the project officer for the Welsh Beaver Project and is currently involved in the Cause Dovey Beaver Trials as well. It's lovely to have you on our podcast, Alicia. So I know you're involved with a few really big projects at the moment to do with beavers, but before we get into exactly what the projects are, can you tell us a bit about beavers and why they're so interesting? So um, beavers are a large semi-aquatic mammal. They like living in or near river systems and water bodies in general. They're herbivores, so they predominantly feed on wooded material, particularly willow and bark, forms a large part of their diet, but they also like soft vegetation. They're very industrious animals. They like building. For living in, they build lodges and burrows. Um, They're also known for building dams. And the reason they they build dams is, as I mentioned, they like being in or near water. So if the water level is not high enough, for them and they feel like it's dropping they may create a dam in an area to raise the water level so their lodge and burrows are nice and safe they like the entrances to be underwater um, and it also means that they can get to other food resources they don't like going more than approximately 20 meters away from the water's edge they are known for felling trees or coppicing trees and the reason they do that is they're not very good climbers but they like to get to the bark and the leaves on the trees so they fell those trees in order to get to all those feeding materials for themselves and all these activities that beavers do can benefit lots of other animals so right across the board amphibians uh, reptiles invertebrates fish other mammals birds plants can all benefit from beaver activity just because of the changes they create in their wetland habitats by opening up woodland canopies, creating ponded water, creating meadows, all sorts. It just has a knock-on effect. And I mean, that's why beavers are so amazing because of the way they can benefit um, so much other wildlife as well. So clearly you're a massive fan of beavers and you have a massive knowledge about them. What do you love so much personally about them? I think it's the the impacts they can have on on biodiversity. Just the studies have shown right across Europe and in North America where you have beavers, you just have this diversity of other wildlife. And I think at the moment, particularly with sort of climate crisis and our biodiversity is going through a serious decline at the moment, we really need to do something to to stop those declines. And yes, we're doing stuff as conservationists, but there's animals like out there, like the beavers, that are doing this naturally. And I think they could help us um, with sort of reversing some of these declines. Okay, they're not going to be the, the magic bullets, but they can certainly help with our efforts. And maybe we should start looking at nature a bit more for how it can how it can look after itself and restore itself. But obviously, 
we've done a lot of damage ourselves. So it's sort of working hand in hand to reversing some of those declines. And whereabouts can you see them in the UK at the moment? So there's a number in reintroduction projects and enclosures. So the very first beaver introduction to Britain um, started in Scotland. That was a Scottish beaver trial in Napdale Forest. Um, so I know people do go up there to, to see those beavers and see the beaver habitats. Another wild release is the River Otter beaver trial. That trial uh, finished last year. And I know people do go down there and see beavers. I've seen beavers down there on the River Otter. And then, yeah, there's, no, as I mentioned, a number of enclosed projects right across Britain. Um, some being established for quite a while now. So Ken Wildlife Trust have got an enclosed project down there. And more recently, there's a Cornwall beaver project. They do wildlife watching uh, visits and there's more and more um, coming up. I think recently announced that there's going to be a beaver project in London, um, which is very exciting. So yeah, pretty much right across Britain, there's there's beaver projects either established or happening. So if people are interested in wanting to see beavers, may check out sort of your local wildlife trust website. Um, there's other information online as well. And just type in sort of nearest beaver project or enclosure to you. Hopefully the information will come up. And yeah, we have a number of enclosed projects in Wales. There's three privately owned enclosures and then more recently um, the course W Beaver enclosure as well. So yeah, there's a lot going on. But in terms of beavers in the wild, are they only up in Scotland? No, they're kind of all over at the moment. So Scotland is where the sort of biggest population is. So as I mentioned, the, the beavers as part of the Scottish beaver trial in Napdale, but there's also a population of beavers on the east part of the country in the Tayside catchments. They've been there for a number of years now and have spread and just but throughout the catchments, that's sort of the, the biggest population. Then in Devon with the River Otter, um, those beavers are now allowed to stay um, and they can disperse naturally. But there's also reports of beavers popping up all over the place um, throughout Britain. Yeah, they are starting to, to spread to, to new areas. And do you know how many individual beavers there are now in the UK? It's difficult to put a number on it as such. I know, again, going back to Scotland, um, I think the latest count is a a few hundred at least um, on the Tayside catchment. And then I guess if you count the beavers there and then the other beaver populations or enclosed projects throughout Britain, I'd say it's really difficult to put a number on it, but I guess you're probably looking up to a thousand individuals possibly, um, but that's all the projects combined. So that's captive as well as beavers out in the wild. Yeah. And so with the work you're doing at the moment, you've got the Welsh Beaver Project and the Core Study Project in Montgomeryshire. Could you talk us through both of those and what they're up to at the moment? Yes, so the Welsh Beaver Project has been going on for a long time now. It started in 2005. Um, back then, beaver discussions were happening all over Britain. And so, yeah, that was when the, sort of the first official discussion started happening in Wales. And it was just to, to look at whether beavers could be reintroduced back into Wales. So the project started by looking at feasibility studies in Wales to, to look at what habitats would be suitable for beavers if we have the suitable habitat and then looking at sort of surrounding land use, but also sort gauging um, what people thought about the idea of beavers coming back into Wales. Overall, most people are supportive of beavers. Obviously, there are some are not too keen on the idea, but overall, it's been supportive. And so when the feasibility study was finished, it started looking at um, sort of key sites where beavers could be reintroduced. So that was sort of the next step of where would the first reintroduction take place in Wales. And there's lots of suitable habitat in Wales, so potentially you could choose anywhere. But it's looking at an area where we could do scientific study and where beavers can behave as they would in the wild, but sort of not roam too far so we can sort of get an idea of how they settle into a Welsh landscape. 
and then sort of take it from there. It's it's been a long process. Um, there's lots of work that needs to be done. You need a license to release beavers into the wild, and it's all about sort of engagement and consulting along the way to see what people think about the idea of beavers coming back. We've had a few setbacks along the way when we proposed certain sites. Um, so it's yes, yeah, been a long process in in that aspect, and we're still working on sort of proposals for release, wild release into Wales. When a decision will be made on that, it's hard to say, but um. So that's sort of the, the main project I've been working on. But as you mentioned, I have been working on the core study beaver enclosure. So that project's predominantly run by Montgomeryshire Wildlife Trust. And that was for an enclosed project. And the main reason they wanted beavers was to look at the habitat management of the reserve. So core study is a lowland uh, peat bog, but it's had many habitat changes along the way. Many years ago, it was a conifer plantation at one stage. And so when Montgomeryshire Wildlife Trust took it on, they clear felt the plantation and um, to mainly allow the, the peat bog to regenerate. But because of the seed source that was left in the ground, um, it opened up the area for willows to come in. And unfortunately, because it's such a wet habitat, the willows just sort of taken control and sort of grown right over the reserve. And that's having an impact on the, the bog itself. And so the Wildlife Trust over the years have been trying to manage that willow scrub using volunteers and staff to do it by hand. But that's been proving difficult because of ex-forestry, ditches and old tree stumps and water don't necessarily go hand in hand so very difficult to manage so they've been looking at other alternatives they've used buffalo in the past to graze the help graze the willow and the birch that's on there and that has worked relatively well unfortunately the bit of the buffalo though preferred the softer vegetation and didn't really tackle the harder stuff of the willow and the birch and so that still needed to be managed so again it was going back to the drawing board and looking at what we could use for managing the reserve and that's when sort of beavers came into sort of the picture and looking at, okay, well, they like willow and birch. Maybe we could start using them. So we did some feasibility studies on the reserve about seven years ago now. And then it's just developed from there and been developing further and further. So um, we managed to get some funding together, um, applied for a license um, with NRW for to release a small number of beavers into the enclosure, either a beaver pair or a family group. And the idea was to fence off a part of the reserve. So it's to manage the reserve, but also to look at it sort of scientifically and to see what impact beavers will have. We fenced off a seven acre area, built the enclosure, um, which was built last year. And then yeah, applied for a license to release some beavers into the enclosure. And that license came through this March and we were allowed to release a small family of beavers into the enclosure. And so now we have mother, father and a, a youngster, a son, um, living in the enclosure and managing it for us. And sort of we're monitoring it and we'll continue monitoring it over the next few years to see what the changes are and, and look at the ecological side of things as well. That's all so good and so positive. But obviously some people are in opposition of the reintroduction of beavers. I was wondering if you could talk us through some of their reasons for being against them. So there's a number of reasons and obviously we take those uh, reasons on board um, and we recognise that people have concerns. Um, so going back to sort of when it said beavers are... Um, they're very industrious animals. They they change their habitats um, and that can have many benefits. But obviously in some areas, particularly in areas where you've got lots of human infrastructure, beaver activity doesn't necessarily go in hand in hand. So some people are worried about flooding. When they think of beavers, they think of flooding automatically, felling of trees in the wrong places or taking the wrong trees down, um, taking crops from fields. And all those concerns are legitimate concerns and we completely take them on board. But it's looking at... What we try and say is look at where beavers are and it's about beavers in sort of the right or wrong habitat and 
We can also learn from Europe and also from Scotland and England as well, where they've developed beaver management strategies, particularly in Europe. Um, and Bavaria is a really good um, example of that. They've had beavers since the 1960s and have developed management systems along the way over the past 30 years. Bavaria is a very flat landscape. It's very arable. So there have been conflicts with beavers and farming. And so there are ways you can mitigate um, against some of the beaver sort of activities. So, for example, people are, are worried about flooding. So beaver, when beavers build dams, obviously that raises the water level, but you've got to look at where those dams are. If those dams are being built in sort of very flat, low-lying areas, then there could be um, an impact on sort of surrounding fields. But you can uh, modify dams, you can install flow devices, which alters the water level. And it's done in such a way that the beavers don't realise. Um, and then by lowering the water level, it's not going to impact on the surrounding landscape. So it's just trying to demonstrate that these impacts will only happen in certain areas, but there's ways to manage it with beavers sort of taking trees down. Obviously, if you've got a garden backing onto a river, you don't want your favourite trees being taken down. You can protect those trees with wire mesh or sandy paint. And that's a very effective method um, against sort of beaver felling. Um, in Bavaria, they have shown that beavers will take crops from fields. Again, that's just looking at the local landscape, and that's often in areas where there's no other food around for beavers. And so, again, to mitigate against that, they can either temporarily fence off uh, fields from, from rivers and streams, and that can be very effective. But what they've been doing in Bavaria now is looking at creating buffer strips along these areas to provide beavers and other wildlife with that habitat, and then that prevents them or minimises the risk of them then wanting to go into fields to take crops. So, yeah, so it's about recognising those negative impacts and looking at ways we can we can manage them and, and work with them. And I think it's all about learning to live with these animals. Again, beavers were hunted to extinction in Wales and the rest of Britain. I think in Wales, they went extinct around the Middle Ages. So it's been a long time for us living without these animals, but sort of learning to live with them again and and knowing that we can coexist with beavers and their behaviour if we have the right management systems in place. Well, it sounds like the positives of having beavers really do outweigh the potential negatives. And this might sound like a really stupid question, but why do beavers actually make dams in the first place? It's to control the water level. Um, and so, as I mentioned, they like being in or near water. So if they they move into a small stream um, and the water level is too low, that's when they'll want a dam to raise that water level. So the entrances of the burrows and lodges are always underwater because they just feel safe doing that. And so if the water level drops too low and their, their burrows are too exposed, they'll create a dam and that raises the water level. Or if they wanted to go to a new area where there's lots of food, but the water's not quite there's too much land in the way they may create a dam and that sort of creates an area of water so if they do go and feed um, they can escape to the water quite quickly if they feel in danger and it's worth pointing out that beavers are only build dams on small streams and tributaries so your main rivers like the river Wye or river seven are just too fast flowing and deep enough already that they don't need to dam and if they did try and dam it would just get washed away it's those smaller streams and tributaries leading into the main rivers are the areas where beavers are likely to dam and they only dam if they have to as well so while they are very industrious creatures, at the same time, they won't do work if they don't have to as well. And we can look at those areas and look at beavers and see what they're likely to do or are unlikely to do as well. well. I like that they don't work when they don't have to. I feel like they've really got their priorities straight. So um, when we last spoke about the Core Study Project, 
you told me that previously there were just the two beavers there. I think it was the mum and the son, but I might be wrong. Um, but you said that there's three there now. So what's the current situation with them at the moment? Yes, so it was originally the father and son that came first. So the, the beavers were sourced from Scotland, from areas where there had been some some conflicts. And so that was a, um, a way to reduce the conflicts by translocating animals to another area. So we, we managed to catch the father and son first. So we, we have colleagues up in Scotland. So I work with someone called Rasheen Campbell Palmer, who used, for, used to work for the Scottish Beaver Trial, and she does a lot of the beaver trapping in Scotland. So she trapped um, the father and son for us. They were health screen. Um, because we were still waiting for the mum, we decided to bring the father and son down first, let them get settled. And about two weeks later, we managed to, or Rasheen managed to, to catch the mum. Um, and so she was health screen and then was able to come down two weeks afterwards. When we released her, we put their crates near the water's edge. She took a time to come out. The father and son were more eager to get into, into the pond, but she took a time. And as she gradually came out of the, the crate, she sort of swam along um, the edge of the pond. And she basically almost went directly to where the father and son had been feeding. Um, she spent some time there and then she disappeared off into the middle of the enclosure. We had some camera traps set up and that evening she found her family um, and they were seen feeding together. When you're putting families back together, you do have to watch them closely to make sure that they're okay and not stressed. But yeah, they settled in really well and been, have been going from strength to strength. Um, we put a bit, a few carrots out by the cameras just to, to get them in so we can sort of check on how they're doing and their behaviour and check they're all okay. But we've got cameras elsewhere and we've been looking at the habitat and they have started um, taking some of the willow. They've created channels um, in the the enclosure, they've connected up some of the ponds. Um, so yeah, they've been working away quite well and doing what we want them to do, which is great. And the changes are still very small at the moment because they've only been in the enclosure for a few weeks, but hopefully as time goes on, we'll start seeing the changes more and more. But yeah, in terms of the release and the family coming back together, it couldn't have gone any smoother. Um, so yeah, we're really pleased with that. Fantastic. A great benefit of beavers being present is that people can come and see them and they can come and learn about them. Are people able to come and see these beavers yet? Not yet, partly because we're still letting them settle in. It's only been a few weeks. In time, we hope to build a hide or uh, have somewhere where, each week where we can take people to come and see the beavers. So that'll be the next stage of the project. We'll be building something like yeah, a hide or a screen where we can then take people to the enclosure and hopefully walk around the, the enclosure so you can see the changes and then go and watch the beavers in the evening. So that's the next stage of the project. At the moment, in terms of sort of seeing what the beavers are up to, we're posting sort of videos on social media um, and we'll have sort of videos online for people to see what the beavers have been up to in various images. Um, so that's the, the way to keep an eye on them at the moment. And it's a case of watch this space for as and when we can do beaver watching visits um, at the course of enclosure. Well, that sounds really amazing. And it's crazy what three really small little animals can do. <laughs> so what do you think the future looks like for this project? And how long do you think it will take to actually finish clearing the land? For the project at the moment, it's a five year project that we have um, for the course W enclosure. And so we'll be monitoring the enclosure very carefully. We'll be doing ecological monitoring as well as looking at the water levels and the habitat. Um, and we'll be reporting on that every year. And hopefully that will build a picture. However, five years in terms of 
what beavers can do is quite a short space of time and sometimes it can take decades before you start seeing the major changes but hopefully we'll start seeing the, the start of um, various wildlife coming back and the sort of changes in the habitat structure and it's although it's a five-year project it's one of those things we're keeping an eye on because when it gets to year five if we think we need longer then we'll apply for it sort of an extension to extend it longer we've also built the enclosure in a way that if we need to extend it further into the reserve we want another part of the reserve um, to be managed we can sort of extend that enclosure and allow the beavers further um, to roam within the enclosure so it's kind of a almost wait and see what happens so we have um, targets in mind but with the view that things could be extended um, beyond five years if they need to and um, I think with we'll probably need some kind of management on the reserve for a long time anyway because willow will come back and so it's sort of keeping on top of it as well and realize we'll never get rid of the willow fully but we can at least make the habitat better in terms of a, the lowland bog so yeah we're going to need something there to keep managing the habitat and think beavers at the moment are probably the best thing we can have and alicia in an ideal world what would you like to see happen in the future for beavers in the uk ideally and this is um what i would like is i'd like to see beavers back in the wild yeah throughout throughout britain but it's also beavers in the right places with the right management systems in place so yes beavers can have many benefits but i think we do need to recognize that some negative impacts might occur and it's just having those systems in place that we can manage those impacts at least avoid avoid them if we can or minimize them and and just demonstrate and show that yeah we can coexist with these animals and live alongside them and i yeah hoping time that more and more of the benefits come out and that more and more people realize that the benefits beavers can have and that they they can be in um, a british landscape they they used to be here and can be here that's really amazing. So just finally, how can people find you if they want to get in touch? So the best way is either through our, our website, which is just type in uh, Project.org into Google and that will come up with our webpage. There's lots of information on there or they can email me directly. So my email address is beaver.evank at northwaleswildlifetrust.org.uk um, or through our social media pages, so we're on Twitter and Facebook and our hand, Twitter and Facebook handle is at Everard Frank. Brilliant. Thank you Perfect. so much. Thank you very much. It's been so interesting speaking to you. Yeah. No problem. Nice to speak to you as well. I really enjoyed that. I love beavers and I can't wait to go and visit them at the Cause Dovey Project. Yeah, neither can I. I've actually never even seen a beaver in the wild or in captivity or anywhere actually. But um, when we do go, we'll take loads of pictures and we'll put them on our Threatened Species Instagram. So you can go over there and have a look at them and look forward to our next episode, which we actually haven't planned yet, but it will be good, whatever it is. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Bye. Yeah.